Michael Johnson is a former champion ballroom dancer. He is now an author, life coach, and business mindset consultant. Today, he's going to speak to us about his marketing choreography business, and we'll discover some of those systems and secrets that set the best apart. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level, while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Michael Johnson, thanks for being with us again. It's good to see you again. Hey, it's exciting to be here. This time, we got the roles reversed. I don't get to interview you. We're doing the other way around. That's great. Nope, haven't I interviewed you before? I think I have. No, no, no. Last time I was on your show, I interviewed you, and it was awesome. Everybody got to hear about all the amazing things about you. Well, that was an amazing show. I must say that was <laughs> one of the best ever. I think so. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> but I thought we'd interviewed you. So it's overdue, the long overdue, to have you on the show. Well, I'm excited to be here. And the reason I asked you this time... I apologize for, <laughs> but it's because this, this, this podcast that I have here called the essential coaching skills podcast really has two elements to it. And I've been trying to focus more lately on the second element. First element is how do you be a great coach? How can you coach people in a, in a way to make them great, bring them out, bring out their greatness, their genius, if you will. Um, to make them as, as successful as human beings as they can be. And the second element of being a successful coach is to have a good business, um, a good, good business plan, a good business acumen, a good you know, way of conducting business, getting clients, marketing, advertising, et cetera, et cetera, to have a, a, a viable business so that you can actually pay your bills and, you know, invest for your future and all those things. So that's a big piece. Obviously, a lot of times I've, I've had this experience where I've taught an NLP class, I've taught a hypnosis class, I've taught a sleight of mouth class, I've taught any number of things. And then the people who take the course just, you know, have to go <laughs> back to their job as a, <laughs> right. as, as a legal secretary because they didn't know how to apply those things. I, I failed in the you know, application part of the teaching. So we need to know how to market. It's a, right. it's a real thing. We need to know how to market. We need to know how to do a business. So what is it that you do? I know you have a company that's called Marketing Choreography. And so um, instead of my doing all the talking, I'd like to ask you, <laughs> where does it come from? How do you, wh sure. wh why choreography? And I know the answer, but we want to hear from you. <laughs> why marketing choreography? And, and what does a person get from working with you in your marketing choreography? Well, we started kind of uh, ages ago. I mean, I've worked with you for, I mean, it's been 25 years since we first met, I think, 20, 25 years. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I've kind of been down an interesting path. I started off with being in the ballroom dance uh, community and in that world. I was a, I'm now a former professional ballroom dancer. Uh, I danced on the circuit for about 10 years. And uh, had a lot of great experiences, got to travel around the world, got to do all sorts of things. And uh, in hindsight, now I look back and I, I realize, gosh, you know, I had an interesting opportunity during that time to learn how to market myself. And it was interesting because we couldn't use words to do it. We had to use our dancing. And so mm -hmm. it wasn't a side of it that was put to words. And after uh, retiring and having my own competitive ballroom studio and going through the process of continuing to grow, I realized that I was in love with marketing and in love with that side of it because I got to work with people and help them with doing what we did in the early days, which was actually promote ourselves to the audiences, to the judges, but we had to do it without words. And now all of a sudden I had found this thing that I could actually use words, use the tech side of things. I was, I've always been fascinated with being online. Uh, you know, one of those uh, online junkies uh, that, that come around and, and have followed tech for years. So 
ultimately it kind of formed into this thing we call marketing choreography. Along the way, we realized we were uh, totally excited. And I say we, because I have a partner in the business. She was a former professional ballroom dancer as well. So it kind of worked uh, well for us both. But we realized that there was a, a hole in the online marketing space. And that was that people weren't talking enough about core principles and they weren't talking enough about systems and processes. And so that's what marketing choreography is all about. We help people create systems and processes for their business and their marketing. They kind of are intertwined. You can't have them without each other. If you mm-hmm. just do marketing, yeah. you don't have your business processes organized and you, or vice versa, it just doesn't work very well. And so we created uh, our company off of that. And we started to find that we could help people uh, massively and mostly coaches, consultants, experts. We realized that they were all trying to get online. And especially once uh, the pandemic took hold, sure. everybody yeah. was going, wow, we got to get online. We've got to <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> you know? Yeah, so now like I gotta get online. It's like, no, I have to get online. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was yeah. really an interesting thing. Pre-pandemic, we were training people how to use Zoom in our business because it was still one of those things where oh, it was like, Yeah, wait, maybe we should use Skype or maybe we should use Zoom or something because we can see each other. And then the pandemic hit and it was like, okay, everybody all of a sudden had to have this new skill. You had to know how to use Zoom, FaceTime. Um, I, don't, I don't even know if anybody uses Skype anymore. Google Meet is now one of the yeah, ones out know. there. Probably, probably they got bought and or maybe they're, they are Google Meet now. I don't maybe know. They, yeah, maybe it is. But uh, we realized at that point that, uh, you know, the the world was set and primed for business to be really done online in a really positive way. And and we just realized that a lot of coaches and consultants needed that help. They needed the good core marketing principles and that we dig. We loved that element of it. So let me ask you this. Um, Cause like, like you, I've been in this business a long time. And so there was a time when I was marketing myself through mail and, Indeed. you know, you know, you'd, you'd put advertisements in backs of magazines or, sure. you, know, you know, there's I'm, the good old uh, days. Gracious, the good, yeah, well, maybe, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but things have evolved and we've had to, both of us, um, evolve our, our practices and our systems for how to do those things. When you had your ballroom dance center, how did you do marketing for that? Well, traditionally, ballroom had always been sort of a word of mouth type thing. It was about your accolades. It was about what you had done and then who you had coached and trained. And uh, a a number of times I had to rebuild my dance business. I I lived in New York for a number of years. That's when we crossed paths Mm -hmm. and, um, and I had to build it there, but it was word of mouth at that time. We weren't really doing online things. Like you said, uh, our studio there was putting out ads in magazines and newspapers. And, and did you have a listing in the yellow pages? Maybe in the yellow pages. <laughs> Holy cow. I know <laughs> it was, it, it was, it was a thing, right? And people yeah. were naming their companies with the first letter A so that they could be in the front. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, or A's, or A's. A's. A coaching. Was, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy times. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, but, but word of mouth always was the best back then. Well, the the challenge now, and this was how it was when I opened my own studio, uh, once I moved to Utah from New York, it was a big change. Uh, It was still word of mouth. That was how I built my business initially. And then after we were in and we were developed, it was one of those things where you start to look around and you go, well, word of mouth isn't bringing in enough customers. Mm -hmm. Mouth isn't going fast enough. And oh, yeah, I used to be the candy. That's what we called it in in the ballroom world. I was the candy coach. And so many of you out there might have understood this at at some time, you might have been the go to or the cool new hot thing. And what happens when you're not the cool new hot thing? How do you get business? How do you get people to come to you? Word of mouth slows down. It gets a little bit harder. Referrals are always going to be great and they always have to be part of your system. But not having a system that actually generates leads is a, uh, it's almost a death sentence to a business. You've got to have a full pipeline of leads coming in. 
uh, and, and understand that maybe you can turn it off if you were crazy enough to do that, or you have to have it so that your system can handle what those leads are going to do afterwards. And so, you know, it's just, it's a progression that, you know, maybe painfully we went through where we did a lot of word of mouth, but then as I had more teachers and I had more people that needed clients uh, in the business, it was like, okay, we got to do something. And that's when we uh, started getting online back in, back in the day and figuring out how to do this marketing thing. And one thing led to the next. And ironically, imagine this, we actually had to turn back to good core marketing principles uh, and I think, you know, for, for me with you, that was always what was a huge draw to work with you when we first met was because you taught core principles. Mm. You didn't just teach the, the cool new whatever thing. It was always right. about teaching us how to do it intrinsically and yeah. make sure that we understood it from the inside out and the guts out. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what we found in marketing because a lot of people are doing a lot of eh stuff these days that uh, right. maybe aren't good for the overall whole, but they're doing them, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. So we used to call our, our trainings, the uh, generative NLP certifications and things like right. that, because we would want people to know the real core principles that, that generate those techniques. Right. So it's not just about learning a recipe or learning about techniques. It's like, what are the core principles that generate those? And then you can make up your own stuff from there. And have the ability to evolve when necessary and to change and to say, is this working? And if it's not, let's do something different. different. (laughs) You mean we have to test heaven forbid. Um. (laughs) So, so it's very cool that you're here and talking like this because the, the subtitle of this podcast is the systems and the secrets that set the best apart. Um, Systems are important. Indeed. And frankly, they're not really secret because you can see them happening when people are using them. <laughs> right? Well, you know, secrets are nice. If you know them, if you know them, but oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, then they so, seem like magic. Right. So, <laughs> what are some of these magic uh, secrets that you have there? Michael? I love that you asked that. I I also have. I still have a number of companies, but one of them is my personal development company that I call magic for life. And, oh. and uh, it's, it's kind of fun, not with a G I spell it with a J, J. Fun, but that's another conversation. M A J I C. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, fun times is my initials <laughs> when I, yeah. Michael, oh, yeah, Michael Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. So um, I never got of, that second part. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it kind of connected. But uh, you know, some of the principles that we recognized along the way were based upon as typical are failures uh, in trying uh-huh. to get online. And, and uh, we always kind of joke that, that it isn't necessarily all the successes we've had with our clients and the cool things that they've done that should compel you to want to try to get our help. It's because we failed at doing a bunch of the things that you're probably trying to do now. And we tried to do it and it kind of worked in times it kind of didn't work at times but it was a roller coaster to say the least and what we found was when we started digging back to the core principles that had nothing to do with being online and then converted them to being online then they started working really really well Mm -hmm. uh you know direct marketing principles from the old days really uh it's funny because a lot of people pick on the old school, but the old school marketers didn't have this really great tool called the internet. They had the yellow pages. They had a catalog that they could sign people up for. They had mailings. They could do postcards or letters and do direct mail. And they figured out how to find success and what the success principles were inside of those vehicles that they had. Now we have a new vehicle this online thing. And I think a lot of people uh, take it for granted. And uh, the other day I taught my daughter uh, making some spaghetti and she says, how do I know when it's done? And I said, well, you just grab one of them, throw it at the wall. (laughs) And if it sticks, it's probably ready. (laughs) And she thought that was the coolest thing until uh, mom came down later. She's like, look what dad taught me. (laughs) Uh, that didn't work out so well, but I feel like in, in some instances, um, 
you know, a lot of people are taking marketing principles that they see maybe somebody else that's having success do, mm-hmm. and they're throwing it at the wall, so to speak, and hoping it sticks. And what we did was the same thing. I was moving along and I thought, you know, I have this great dance business. I don't you know, whatever. I got everything going. So let's try this. So-and-so is doing it. This, this business online person's doing it. I should do it too. I need a book. Okay. So I spent a year writing a book. Oh, well, the book turned out great. And in the meantime, I had this really great product and I had no marketing to actually get people to the product, which was unfortunate, you know, a year spent on a book and no real great marketing. And I missed the point. And then it was like, well, the new hot thing was to do a summit. Now, none of these are bad intrinsically. They all are good and they all have a place in a marketing system and for different people, different ideas, strategies, or tactics are going to work better for their, for themselves and for their business. My, I say for themselves because a lot of times people try to do strategies that aren't good for them and they try to do something that's good for somebody else. I can explain that later, but that's the, what we do. Yeah. The, the, the problem here was that we were running these strategies and we came to find out that, holy cow, that wasn't a strategy that was meant for me, but it was the new hot strategy. I mean, for three or four years ago, summits were the hot thing. If you were online in business, you needed a summit. And so everybody was teaching and preaching summit, 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 summits. Uh, Then it was about a free book funnel. Okay. You need a book. You need some way to do a free plus offer. Okay. Those were individual launches and everybody kind of took to one of them. And Honestly, every day somebody's touting their new way of how their new launch or their new strategy is going to get you business. And what we found were there were a lot of holes in it. They were teaching the one thing that they knew how, which is great. And I think we all we all should hone in and teach the thing mm-hmm. we're good at. Mm-hmm. But they were leading people astray because they weren't saying, hey, what is it that you do? And does this make the most sense for you? You know, I had a client uh, a couple months ago and we were trying to get some organic reach and organic way of getting leads in. She didn't have a ton of money. And so she didn't want to spend a lot on maybe uh, advertising. So she wanted to spend her time instead of her money. And she wanted to get prospects organically. So we were teaching her this method, but what we found out along the way was that she really wasn't cut out for that. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that she found out along the way that she was a connector. We dug in, we used some of our great coaching skills that that I've learned from you through the years. And we dug out the fact that she didn't really like doing that. She wanted to do it a different way, but she didn't know how to say it. And so we dug out that she needed a different approach. She had to be a connector. She had to go find people that had her people. And mm. once we got her onto that path, now we could create a system. Now we could create a strategy that worked best for her. But when she was trying to go direct to the people, it wasn't really her jam. Ironically, one of her cohorts, one of her colleagues in our program was like, couldn't understand it. They couldn't understand why she couldn't just go to the person and tell them what she had to offer because what she had was really great. Mm -hmm. So that other person was going jamming out and they were killing it with their organic strategy. And they they were just two completely black and white, different, uh, different sides of the fence. And so really what's important is that we figure out the strategy. Mm. We figure out that strategy that's best for the individual, and then we put it into a system. And honestly, you don't just throw it at the wall and see if it's and and you don't just throw it at the wall and see if it's still, how how do you do that? (laughs) How do you find out what's best for you? Well, we use, ironically, you'll love this. We use, model of your world. We use an idea and that concept that kind of was born out of that uh, space of going in and looking at what their model of the world is, figuring out their, their pluses, their minuses, how they look at the world, how they see things, how they actually use their vision and their perspective in the world. And we align with it. I know sometimes in sleight of mouth, we would maybe go the other way, but this time we align with it and we go, these are the things that, that you're good at. And let's try to figure it out. And we test it out. But just like, you know, you've taught me through years, 
we test it. We got to test it. We got to figure out if it's right for you and try some of the different strategies and systems that you can actually create through that process. Do you have, um, let's just say, uh, a menu of systems and things that you can do that you do? This is what's best for you, or do you have, do you design it from whole cloth each time for the individual? Well, I mean, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We know there are certain strategies that work really well. In fact, if you were offline, there would be strategies that you could use and run and do from the old days. I mean, they had particular strategies that they would run in magazines or whether they were sending you an e e or sorry, a direct letter that they had uh, mailed to you. Well, those same strategies can be turned online. And some of these strategies are based upon human nature. And I know a lot of the listeners here know a lot about human nature. You know a lot about how people work. And the idea is that we want to take those strategies and use them. So which ones are they? Well, I mean, and there's like a laundry list of them and you can combine them in different ways. You've got free plus funnels. You've got funnels in general. Some people don't even know what a funnel is, but if you don't have a funnel in your business right now or 10, you need them. You need the tool that they are because they work just like they sound. They funnel your clients through and get them working towards a core principle. One of the core principles we talk about is I, I nicknamed it ARAR, right? It's just a quick, easy acronym that you guys can all remember and start to actually think about in your business. You have to have a system for attraction. That's the A. You have to have a system for retention. That's the R. And then we do it again. Now we have to have an ascent, ascension path for a customer. And then we have to have a referral path, right? We have to be able to have that core principle, A-R-A-R, right? So you can remember it. It's easy. Attraction, retention, ascension, referral. If you don't have systems and processes for all four of those things, there are holes in your business. And Mm. that's what we've started to figure out. Hey, listen, we can help you find those holes. We can help you get those sorted out so that when you do the work and you finally get a customer in, they don't slip out through the cracks, which I think we might all be guilty for. Um, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty common thing. And those holes can easily be filled with some good systems and processes. We have our our classic framework, and I know the audience can't see it right now, but I'll show you. Uh, we have our classic marketing choreography oh, framework, nice. which is a beautiful framework that that we use to teach because without a framework like that, how do you actually have any sort of consistency. And so we built it, we tested it, we changed it, we built it some more, we tested it, we changed it. And, and we have now found a successful framework to map people through the process of gaining a system rather than just doing it like, Oh, I'm going to run this promotion. Well, a promotion isn't very good. If you don't know your Ascension path, you can't have a loss leader in your business if you don't understand the lifetime value of your client. And if you've never thought of the lifetime value of your client, then how can you afford in any way, shape or form to give something away for free? You really can't. You really don't know that. And that's how a lot of businesses go out of, out of business. Uh, you hear it all the time. You know, some crazy percentage of businesses, small businesses go out of, out of business before the fourth year. Well, why is that? Because, well, they're throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks. And, uh, and it just doesn't have to be like that. There's, there's core principles that fall within that ARAR strategy. And now we go in, we look at where the holes are. We figure out what you're good at already. We figure out what you suck at. And I mean that in the nicest of ways. And <laughs> we're talking about with a straw, right? And, <laughs> and we yeah. go through, we figure out what it is that you're doing. And that's, that's so important, right? When you're trying to, to create a business that's lean and mean. And that's yeah. what we believe in. And that's why we like to work with coaches and consultants, because we feel like you can create a $10 million, uh, $200, $200 million business with a lean and mean team. You don't have to have 400 employees. You can do it without that if you have good systems and processes, but you're severely cool. limited when you don't. Yeah. And and it's it's interesting to me that you should be saying this, because, of course, I'm guessing that 
a lot of these systems that you are, are teaching, you learned by throwing spaghetti against the wall <laughs> and, it, and it didn't quite stick. <laughs> you tell them that? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, honestly, that's that's really what happened. We, I, I, At a certain point, you start to realize that we were in love and that was our thing, right? We found out that we were in love with the actual process of the marketing and the principles. And that was indeed how we stumbled upon this passion of, of marketing mm. is because we kept throwing spaghetti at the wall, but we had to figure it out along the way and realize, wait a second, that's because we love this stuff. We actually figured out that, hey, we're running that next funnel or we're, run, we're running that next launch strategy. Because we wanted to try it out because we were geeking out about the idea and the principle. And we weren't actually trying to make money with it. Because if we would have, we would have probably set up a system. But then we were like, oh, we did that. That was really cool. Let's move on to the next one. Oh, let's, mm-hmm. oh that's a new cool strategy. Let's do that. And then we spent three, four, six months building it. And then we're like, wow, that didn't make a whole lot of money. What happened? Okay, let's try a new one. And next thing you know, years have gone by and we've tried every strategy under the sun, realizing that none of them by themselves work without a system. They still all have to be plugged in. Yeah. And that's really honestly, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because, you know, I'm interested in letting people know that's that's (laughs) right. Because you don't have to follow those footsteps of like (laughs) i failed and 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 i I figured it out okay here's how it works yeah you can just cut to that part indeed cut to the part where it's like oh this is how it works great so how how does a person um start doing this then michael how do well here's the thing i we believe in in sort of a a pillared approach right you you kind of have to start top down and understand what is going on so we feel like one of the things that's most important is you have to have a reliable system. Now we talk about helping people with their marketing systems and their business systems. And part of that is because the marketing system has to correlate with your business system. And if it doesn't, you could actually be burning money on either side, either through the fulfillment of it, not having a clue what your ascension path is and how you're going to market them to the next thing or through your advertising and, and, front end where you're bringing people in, trying to use somebody else's strategy, not knowing that your system actually can take care of it. So we believe that reliable system is the first thing. And I, okay, I say first because everybody wants to have a linear idea of how this is going to go, A, B, C, right? Truthfully, they all coincide together. So I'm going to say first, second, third, but please understand that it's much more like a circle. So it kind of goes first, second, third, first, second, third in a circle. And it just keeps happening again, based upon where your weakness is a lot like going to the gym, you work out, you think you're working out your bicep, but your tricep gets sore and you're wondering what you did wrong. Well, you didn't, it's just your tricep was worse off than your bicep. And so the, the weakest link gets the most attention first. So the first thing is creating a reliable system that actually has uh, some sense to it. So you understand things like your lifetime value of a customer. Second is you have to start to understand and know your numbers. You really have to know your numbers. And this is where I think a lot of experts, coaches, consultants, especially go wrong. They're really good at their thing. They're really passionate about what they do. They study, they learn, they go to the seminars, they, they get all the information so that they can help people with mm-hmm. their thing. But yeah. then when it comes to their own business and on their own side, they don't stop and actually get the numbers down. Exactly. Do you know what it is that your lead incoming leads is? Do you look at those numbers every day? You see my partner, she sends me a text every day. She says, this is how many leads we got in today. This huh. is how many sales we got. This is how many calls we booked. Really? This is what we're looking at for this campaign that we're running. And this is what we're looking at for our Facebook campaign that we're wow. running. I get those numbers every day, not because I'm a, a ogre, but because she loves that side of it. So she goes and does it for the two of us and for the business, right? So you have to ask yourself, do you know how many leads you got yesterday? 
all of you people out there listening to this, do you know how many leads you got yesterday? If you don't, you're missing out on one of the most important assets you could possibly have, which is your own list, your own list of people. And that's through email. Email is not going to die. Do not fall into the trap of listening to any of the people out there going, email is dead. It is not dead. It is not going anywhere. It will stay with us for many, many generations to come because there isn't a better way. So, uh, you know, if you're listening to this 20 years from now and somebody's created a better way than email, okay, come in and let me know, right? But, but that's one asset. And if you don't know your number for that one asset, how can you get it better? How can you do things to make it improve? Now, if you have that asset, now, if you're tracking that number, now, how long does it take for them to buy something if you got that free lead or that lead that you might've paid for through social advertising or whatever you did to get that lead. How long does it take for that lead to purchase something from you? Once they purchase from you, how long does it take for them to buy the next thing from you? This is where we start talking about lifetime value of a client, of a customer. And it might sound a little harsh, but it really isn't. You're taking care of them. I would hope that all of you out there have something valuable that you're sharing and teaching and, and helping somebody with. If you don't, get one and stop lying, right? No snake oil. We don't do that, right? But if you have something, then you absolutely have to know your numbers on what's going on. Now, you might think, well, I don't know what the rest of my system is. That's also a problem too. And that's a big deal. Now, at the end, right? I said there were three things that we really like to focus on. The end is you need a consistent and reliable lead source. What is that for you? What is it that you're doing as a consistent and reliable lead source? Well, that's something you have to implement into your business. And that is partially a business process, but it's also partially a marketing process. You have to have a way to get people in consistently. Do you have five leads coming in a day? Do you have six leads coming in a day? How did you get those leads? Were you doing a launch? Well, if you do a launch of some type to promote some product, and it's free and you get a whole bunch of leads at once, boom, like a summit, a summit would get you a whole bunch of leads at one time. That's really great. Now, what about all the other times? What are you doing to get leads on a regular basis? All the other times, it's great to have a big upturn, right? We call those either cash grabs or lead grabs, right? Cause they're, they're super fast, a lot of volume, but the rest of the time, what are you doing to get a consistent basis? And so it's important to have those three things. And then they circle, they loop right on themselves because could you arguably say that having a lead source is the first thing you should do? Well, you could, but if you didn't have a system to put them into, then you'd be wasting all those leads. So should you get a system first? Well, you could, but if you don't have leads coming in, the system is useless and you don't want to spend years building the system without the leads coming in. So it sort of has to be done at the same time. And then, of course, knowing your numbers helps you figure out and test just like we would do with any uh, NLP process. You would test it. You would check your work. You would see if it's working. And a lot of times, all oh, you poor consultants, you poor experts out there, you poor coaches, because you know that you should test to see if your work actually worked. And so you do. But then you get to your business and you go, I'm going to throw that ad out there. And then the first thing you say when it comes back and it didn't actually work out for you is you say, well, I'm not spending money on Facebook ads. That Facebook ad thing is crap. I'm not going to do that. It didn't work. And I that, say, well, that didn't many- sound like me at all. That was a terrible impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just hear it all the time. It is. I mean, the words sounded familiar, but the voice on that was not me. But, but you know, like I, I just started a Facebook ad campaign uh, this weekend, and honestly, we're not going to even touch it or look at it for at least three to five days because there is nothing there. There are no numbers there that we can actually know will work. Now, could you speed up the process? Yeah. Do you have some capital to throw at it? Sure. Do you want to take it nice and steady and slow? Sure. You can do it either way. There are lots of ways to go fast with a lot of things, but if you're going to go slow and steady, that works too, right? So you have to understand the process and the, and the method to do it. But the fact of the matter is, is you have to test, you have to test, you have to test, you have to test. And, and, so, and so basically testing is seeing what results you get. And then uh... that's right. And if you know your numbers, then you can actually look at the results. 
So, so the test would be to like, will I do this again or not? I think it, I think the test is how can I make this work? Okay. Not necessarily will I do it again. There so let's are say, say an example you're, you're putting out a, a Facebook ad and um, it was really good, but you sure. had a crap headline. Do you do split tests to see which headline would be better? Well, there are methods that you can go about on Facebook that are working really well. So and it, it's kind of like split testing. There are split testing options on Facebook, but for most of you, I would suggest you you stick to something more basic. You know, you put out an ad to 10 different markets, figure out how that ad is going to do that 10, mar- 10 different markets and see if it's working, there are these things called dynamic ads on Facebook. If you wanted to use them, um, you know, we can go into depth for hours on that, but you know, there's lots of, lots of ways to test out a thing, right. And just like we would do in, in say a NLP process, we would, we test one thing, but if you start testing two or more, Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you don't know if your result is good or if your result is bad. And so that's, that's the end result. Now, if you're running a launch and you have really great numbers on it or really bad numbers on it, you have to look at why that was the case. Was it your, your incoming strategy of how you're getting people to that launch? Was it the launch material that sucked or was it your sale that sucked? Like your actual offer or pitch. Uh, and, and there's, so there's a, a few different areas mm-hmm. that you have to really consider because a lot of people like to blame it on a thing or they just go, oh, that just doesn't work. That's not going to work. Well, I think it would work. Uh, you know, most of these things all work. That's the, maybe the optimist in me, but they all work. It's just a matter of, do you work? And does your system work? Does your process that you're putting in your, your new clients into your strategy, your fulfillment into, does that all work together? Uh, ultimately on the back end, once we help people start to create systems and processes that work together, we, we call it our marketing choreography machine, because really you got to have a bunch of systems in a machine to have it work. And you can't create the machine unless you have a system ahead of time. So here's a little, here's a little fun thing that we call it VCVO. And all of you need this. This is a little mini system. Okay. VCVO, right? The first thing you have to have is a vehicle, right? A noise vehicle. And this is where I think a lot of social media has led people astray. Social media is a noise vehicle. It is just the platform that you're going to be screaming. You could also get in a plane and a bullhorn. You could run down the street naked, carrying a flag that said your company.com on it. That's no, no, no. I've, I've tried that. That does not work. <laughs> that is, All right. We'll get seemed that. like a really good idea at, at the, the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> but your neighbors didn't appreciate no, it too much. It didn't go <laughs> but you have to have a noise vehicle. And I think it's the wrong street, honestly. So I think I just ran... Another wrong street. Well, we'll just we'll just start <laughs> systematically going through the streets, right? Yeah, that's um, testing. It's I know one in New Orleans that's really good for that. <laughs> <It> um, might, <laughs> only. So you have a do you have a noise vehicle? What's a noise vehicle. Then you have to have a noise campaign. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I need to get on TikTok," but then they don't have any sort of purpose or reason for being on TikTok right. or Instagram or Facebook or any just keep going down the list, blah, 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 blah. There's tons of noise vehicles and you can choose to put one out there. A podcast is a great noise vehicle, but you still have to know what kind of noise you're going to make and have some sort of purpose moving through. And so that's uh, an important element. So you have to, your vehicle, you have your noise uh, campaign, right? VC. So you have to have that campaign. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you're, you have to have a sales vehicle some type of sales vehicle. And there are lots of them from as simple to hiring a salesperson to doing the sale yourself, to creating a sales funnel that does the sale for you, to creating a one-to-many approach where you are talking to tons of people and selling them at once, often known as a webinar. Mm. Right, Mm. And those are great ways. But if you can't sell one-to-one, your thing, selling one-to-many is kind of an interesting approach to take on. 
Mm. So you can actually know your message, know what you're selling and know how to sell it. And selling one to many is a process. I mean, you, you've experienced this. I mean, you've been out there when people like Tony and, and the likes of him are selling. I mean, it is a process to sell one to many, but yeah. the time that you do it is when you don't have enough of you left to sell one to one. And if you don't like to sell, then you better dang well find somebody that is good at it. Cause otherwise, what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. And then lastly, O stands for offer. We, as coaches and consultants uh, are probably guilty of one of the most heinous crimes ever, which is we try to sell our product or our service. And that puts us instantly as a commodity. And as soon as you turn yourself into a commodity, you might as well put your, your service or product on the shelf next to the bread or the milk. You see, in case you didn't know this, bread and milk are commodities it is a race to the bottom. Who can sell it the cheapest? And yet it is possible to go to the gas station. Uh, you know, we have big gas stations here in Utah. They're huge. They, they're convenience stores practically. You can go to the gas station. You can get a gallon of milk, but you're going to pay almost double for it because of the convenience factor, mm. right? So they took themselves out of being a commodity and just said, well, we'll have it here if you want it you pay for it. So creating an offer is so massively important. And, you know, when we talk about uh, systems, processes, and frameworks that we teach in, in marketing choreography, we talk about the idea that you have to have an offer. And if you don't have a core offer for your business, that core thing, you're, you're just walking on water, hoping you don't eventually fall in. And, that's scary. You know, like maybe you're okay for a little bit. Maybe you're the new candy as it was when, when I was just off of the pro tour, I was a hot thing. Right. And didn't have any backup, didn't have any system or process on the other side to be able to help me move through. And that, that backup starts with a good core offer. So you have to look at it and go, well, do I have a core offer? Do I have something that keeps me from racing to the bottom, like bread or milk? Mm-hmm. And can I actually take that offer and create everything around it so that all roads lead to Rome? And then from there, I can create my next offer. And, and that's a big deal. Starting with a core offer that you know works, selling that, then going on and creating the next thing. A lot of people are like, but I have so many things I want to sell. And I'm like, yeah. you can't sell the first one. So what are you doing? They're like, well, maybe I'll hit one of them. Well, no, you won't because you're bouncing around like a pinball, right? And and so an offer is is hugely important. And we could talk about an offer for a whole course if you wanted to. But um, um, I do want to because it <laughs> sounds absolutely fascinating. And I see myself in some of them. Like I said, your your imitation of me was not good, but it's, it's certainly <laughs> my words. Oh, jeez! Um, <laughs> I totally resembled that remark. And. Um, <laughs> You know, and I think, I think it's true. Most people who take a, a coaching course or whatever they learn to become coaches, they may be wonderful coaches. I think I am a wonderful coach. I think I'm the best in the world. And, you know, do I have the biggest practice? No, because I don't think I have these systems that you're talking about for my own, my own business here. Um, and people just starting out. I mean, I've been around the block a few times. I was a master trainer for Tony Robbins. You know, I should be like, I should be rich. And yeah, you know, so, but people who are just starting out may not have that, you know, they've never been candy. Sure, you know, sure. They've never sure. had that thing. So how do they set themselves apart? How do they, how do they get themselves to be saying, yes, my offer is different than other people's offer, which maybe sound a lot the same, but yeah, this is different because it's this, <laughs> because it's me, because this is what I offer that's different than other people. Sure. How, do you, how do you do the purple cow thing? The <laughs> I love that purple cow. Uh, you know, in the marketing world, we call it a USP, a unique mm. sales yeah. proposition. Yeah, most people know what that means. And most people think, oh, well, my unique selling proposition is that uh, I'm the best. <laughs> Which isn't the case. <laughs> Which uh, isn't unique either. Yeah, it's not unique. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's a matter of 
uh, first of all, you, you have to be creative about what you do. And there, there is a creative element that comes with creating an offer. There are lots of different ways to create an offer. One of them is that you can add certain elements and bonuses that your competitors, the people that you're directly competing against, mm-hmm. don't do or don't have or can't say. Uh, you know, one of my favorite stories was about the guy who created Domino's. Right. It was him and, and a partner and they you mean the pizza uh, place, the pizza place. Yeah. Okay. Domino's okay. Pizza. Okay. Right. About Domino's the game. <laughs> and they were two kids in college just trying to get a business that could pay for the college. Right. One of them bailed and the other one had to do something to make it work. So what do you do? He came up with his sales proposition, the unique thing that made him stand apart. And he didn't talk about pizza ever. <laughs> he talked about getting your pizza to you in 30 minutes or less or you get the pizza free. And then he had it in a college town where what do they eat 90% of the time? Mm. Pizza. And what time do they do it? In the middle of the night. So those were the times that he made sure that he could deliver on that promise. And he blew up and now they're a global phenomenon, right? And they do a lot of other things now. Obviously, they continue to improve. You know, an offer can be a lot of different things. You could offer your core course and then give them a bunch of other bonuses that stack on to make that even more exciting to take that course. I mean, that's, that's just another thing. Now I've seen a lot of people fall into that trap and they add so much in there that somebody would look at and go, Oh my gosh, that's just way too much for me. I can't, I can't do all of that. So you have to balance what your customer needs. Now, in order to create that offer that your customer needs, you might want to know your customer pretty well, which, Mm. you know, it sends us right down the rabbit hole. You got to understand who you're serving and be really good at serving them. If you can talk to them and you can show them that you understand what they need better than everybody else, then they're going to come to you. If you understand their pains, if you understand their trials and tribulations, and you can talk to those pains and trials and tribulations, they will say, you know me best. Therefore, Nice complex equivalent, you know, therefore you must understand how to fix it, right? So there's an, an element of knowing your customer and then providing something in that, into that offer that makes it irresistible, that makes them go, I have to have that because I would feel stupid if I don't get it. And that's what we're all looking for. We're all looking for that great offer and we constantly tweak it and test it. We constantly figure out little things and you will work on that until you hit a home run on that offer. And uh, I think that's where a lot of times people get stuck. They make one offer and they go, that didn't work. They throw the whole thing out the door instead of <laughs> instead of testing it, trying to tweak it in and hone in on what actually worked from that offer. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So what if somebody is just starting off in coaching, how do they yeah. do that? How do they find that? Because really what you're talking about is a niche, isn't it? Indeed. Yeah. I didn't use the word because I think it's a little overused at the moment, not because it's wrong, but it's so overused. It almost has lost some of its meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just like, you know, if you say the word what enough times you, you go, wait, what, what does that mean? <laughs> but, uh, but niche kind of has that. So I didn't say it, but that is indeed a fact, you know, who you're working with, uh, and, and who you're serving. And if you know them really well, if you, if you have a thing that you do for them really well, now you can lean into that and you can create a new opportunity for them and make no mistake. I mean, I understand we're all coaches, we're all consultants and experts. We all help people on a regular basis, but let's get real. The idea that somebody wants to improve, not really. If you tell them this is, I'm going to help you improve in this way, they kind of start to go, oh, that's going to take work. And last time I had to improve, I had to do all this work and it didn't work out for me. And oh, that sucks. Right. But if you tell them, hey, I have this new opportunity for you and you give it a better name and you make it sound a little sexier. Now we're good. But I guarantee you, you put a new opportunity up next to an improvement offer and the new opportunity will win out every time. Oh, well, that's a little nugget of wisdom right there. That's going to be useful for anybody listening to this podcast. Oh my goodness. Please yeah. use it. 
<laughs> so we're running out of time here, Michael, and I feel like um, I want to take an entire course from you and I wondering how you do all this stuff. How does somebody learn to do all this? Or, or, or is it uh, an offer that you're making? What is this going on? What's- um, we have a number of different elements within our business. Obviously, how do you preach systems and processes if you don't have a number of things? Uh, but we have uh, a core offer, which is pretty easy and simple, and it's no sweat off your back. We offer you a free strategy call to get on the phone with one of us, and we'll help you find the holes. We'll help you find the holes in what you're doing and understand what you need, because we're not crazy enough to think that it's a one size fits all. It isn't. Each of you are in different places. You're in different positions. Some of you have a hundred clients. Some of you have two. And that doesn't negate you from needing a system and a process and some type of framework that you're operating off of. You know, like we said earlier, you need a reliable system. You need to know your numbers and you've got to have a reliable source of leads. And all three of those are huge. We can dig into that. You can get on a call with us. It's free. Can't get better than free. Free is good. Free is good. Get on a call. And by the time you're done, even if you don't work with us, you will absolutely know your holes. And if you feel like you can go do them on your own, more power to you. And we will cheer you on. And we, we hope for the best, but if we can help you and it's a good fit, then we're happy to help you. Now we have want, lots of other things. I want, I want, I want one. You want one? How do awesome. I do it? All you have to do is marketingcoreo.com. Marketing slash, Choreo. How do you yep. spell that? Uh, well, marketing and then marketing. I got that O-R-E-O. 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 Hey, that's easy. To C-H-O-R. Like Oreo. Yeah. Oreo. Yeah. Is that one one word? Marketing. Marketing choreo.com. Easy slash call. uh, If you want to get this great offer, right? Because it's not out there everywhere. You will not find it on the main site, which is just a little link tree. Um, That um, that actually brings me to a question. Um, How important to a person starting off or not even starting off growing their business um, is a, is a website. Oh boy. Um, I think if you really want to delay the amount of time that you're going to start earning money and you want to really go the longest, hardest possible route possible, then take, you know, months and months to build a website, which is a glorified billboard, except for you don't have millions of people crossing in front of it every day. Um, So I would say um, getting yourself a funnel that makes it so that the person that comes to find you when they do has a choice. They have one choice and they can make that choice or they can leave. And a lot of people are hard. They have a hard time thinking of that, but I want to take everybody. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you're a baseball coach, you don't want somebody showing up that wants a coach and they want to play basketball, even though you could probably help them. You still want people that are looking for baseball. So we don't want everybody websites give too many people too many choices. So they show up and they could click on this so they could click on that. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe that it is important in the long-term strategy and overall choreographed machine that a website is there. A website serves as a catch-all and a place where you can create branding. You can create belief. Mm -hmm. People can come and go, I believe you. I believe that you are who you say you are. So websites are great, but they're not great for new people because it doesn't really help a whole lot if they're not actually being corralled into a specific action. So you want to give them an action, um, you know, and, and that's the simple of it. I mean, long-term, really great, short-term, not a great place to start. Okay, cool. Really good to know because I know a lot of people who um, think it is the only thing that they have to do. They build a website and if you build it, they will come. <laughs> it is not that way. It is not that way. If you were going to build one thing, I'd say build a strategy to get yourself leads. In which case a website would be useless anyway, because you have to have something to do with those leads. So a strategy to get leads would be the most important. And honestly, if you how start can you following do that without a website, how can you, how can you, <laughs> well, you use a funnel? Yeah. So you use a classic funnel where you get like an opt-in page and all they do is put their name and email in 
If any of you have already gone to the site, you'll see that the first thing that I ask you to do on that page is give me your name, your email, and if you'd like your phone number so we can call you. Um, and then the next page, it allows you to book a time with us. If somebody isn't willing to give us their name and email, then no, you don't get to book a time with us. You have to be a real person. I'm sorry. That's just how it goes. And I have my limits, you know, uh, <laughs> If we're talking to somebody, we want to know that we're talking to somebody that that actually needs our help, but not just wasting our time. So um, isn't isn't that opt-in page on a website? Well, it's about splitting hairs, right? A website, when you when you use the word website, classically yeah. what people mean is there's a, a navigation bar at the top and it says mm-hmm. home and contact us and about us and any other thing that you can squeeze into the menu bar. And then when somebody shows up, they can get whatever you put on the first page by reading it or looking around, but then they start clicking because they're used to that. They're used to that on social media. Now let's just click around and let's see what I get. Is there a video here? Is there a testimonial somewhere? That's why in long-term a website is a great place to let people that you've already kind of got into the system to go mm-hmm. back and see about you. But short term, if they have too many choices, you're more likely to lose them than you are to keep them. And so you'll see on on the page, essentially they're all web pages. Mm-hmm. Right? So we could we could call a funnel a web page, okay. and they're all that. But when it's all said and done, my place that I'm sending anybody that would like to go and talk to us about their systems and processes. You're going to go, you put your, all you can do on that page. You can't click on anything else. There's one button. They put their name, email in, click the button. Now they can schedule a call. And from there, we start leading them through our system. From there we go, hey, did you know we have a podcast? Hey, by the way, we have a free group that you might want to be part of. Oh, by the way, did you go check your email and make sure you whitelist us? And we're giving them the instructions so that Mm -hmm. they feel like we're taking care of them. Why? Because we're going to do that age old, sneaky, horrible, awful trick that actually is taking over the world for the people that are successful. We're going to help them by actually helping them. (laughs) What? That is so sneaky. I, I just so sneaky. Wow. <laughs> Actually helping them. Hmm. Cool, man. That's awesome. <laughs> so is, is there any other way to get to this thing? Is there a phone number they can call to get marketing choreography? To Nope. Just go do that. You'll find us really marketing easy. com slash call. call. Pretty easy. C-A-L-O. Yep. Nice. And from Bye there, time. we'll direct you into all the other cool stuff we got. Okay. Well, I'm going to go do that right now. Um, cause you know, <laughs> when just talking to you, I realize I, I'm doing a lot of things well. Yeah. And, and, and there are holes. There are clearly are, are yeah. holes and yeah. it's, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing to recognize that there are holes. It's a beautiful thing to have yeah. you know, the, the awareness of, um, opportunities for growth. Let's just say. <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> right, right. Well, it's a, it's a cool thing to be able to help people fill their holes. And uh, my partner, Lexi, you'll see her picture on some of the stuff and, and, and as you go through and uh, get acquainted with us. Uh, but we have a lot of different skills, but one of the cool skills we have is being able to see and identify people's uh, holes in their system. And we know how to fix them. We know how to fill those holes and get you some fuel for your ship. And that's exciting. That is super fun when you can do that. Very cool. Well, thank you, Michael Johnson, so much for your time today. It's a, it's been it's a, pleasure. a pleasure to see you just because I, I like you. You're very good. <laughs> but, um, but heavens to no arbitrary. This is uh, this is really, really valuable. And again, for the reason that I said before, you know, most of my guests on this thing, most of the episodes that I've recorded solo on this thing is have been about being a good coach. Right. And and the unique sales proposition, the USP of saying, I'm the best coach is true for everybody. (laughs) You are the best coach for a whole lot of people, for a certain amount of people. And how do you actually get an actual unique sales proposition, actually unique USP. And, um, you know, to define that and to find that out is like uh, uh, golden to really determine that and find out these systems. So thank you for uh, letting us know all this work we have to do. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you got a friend, you got a friend. So just, uh, you know, get, get a hold of us if you need any help and we, we will certainly help you on your way, whether you end up working with us or not, we want to see you succeed in the long term, And that's, that's the most important part. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want any more information about today's show, please visit our website at www.essentialcoachingskills.com. Be sure to tune in again next week for our next episode and discover even more about the systems and the secrets that set the best apart.